Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Just as we're awaiting the NBA schedule release, the magic to move into the Advent Health Training Center, and the Wagner brothers getting into FIBA play, out of nowhere comes new Atlanta Hawks guard and all-star DeJounte Murray starting a beef with our rookie Paolo Bencaro at a Seattle Pro-Am of all places. Maybe the 25-year-old Murray is already worried about facing the 19-year-old 6'10", 250-pound number one draft pick four times every regular season. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on the 7'6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! Here's Kirkaloo for the win. All right, Penny, we are in the offseason, obviously. We're recording this uh, in the a- in the late afternoon of August 9th. It's a Tuesday. Uh, we've got a decent amount of news, nothing crazy. Uh, you know, we did a podcast a few weeks ago, but I'm just going to dive into this, Penny. But uh, Magic Twitter seems to be playing with our emotions with these uh, throwback logo and throwback jersey tweet hints. Um I, from from all from all the stuff I've seen, I don't think the Magic are going to be able to bring any throwback stuff back this upcoming season. I think it's going to be a, another season from now, uh, based off how NBA rules and stuff work. But I would be curious, and I don't know if you can venture a guess if you have an, a ballpark idea. But what's the fine from the NBA or Nike if we break the rules and just push like an immediate change in our logo and our jerseys? Like, what if we just came back with like old like. 89 90 throwback everything because if it's like a few million dollars a fine it's probably worth it honestly like how how big is the fine would you venture a guess because i have no idea i i would at least a couple isn't it for the individual player like if they want to change a, a number without prior approval and enough lead time then they have to purchase every outstanding uh, made Jersey, which probably isn't as much anymore because everything's going through fanatics and like on-demand printing. So it's probably just a legacy fine now. Did Jordan, was, did Jordan pay 25 K a game back in 95 when he switched jerseys numbers? That rings a bell. Yeah. I think it was 25 K. So, I mean, I don't know if they upped it or, or whatever, but that would be interesting if, if that, if that's what they went with, where like, you got to pay like 25 K a game for every player. <laughs> whatever that dons a jersey so then magic maybe go with a skeleton crew but now i'm kidding let me see if i can do some quick math while we while 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 i think about this real quick but um all right let's say 15 players well uh yeah it'd have, it'd have to be 15 players uh times twenty five thousand times 82 games yeah that's over 30 million dollars i'm not doing that but yeah, it's not happening now uh, but I don't know, man. It's, it's how much are we making off merchandise? You know. It's, well, okay, you're you're gonna have to refresh my memory here, but the for sure the black pinstripes came back in o two o three. Well, no, remember Jameer's last year. Remember, because I own that Top Shot moment. Jameer's last year was the was the so around twelve 
was uh, 12, 13 was the last year. The magic rolled out the old school black pinstripes. Now 2017 was when they brought back the electric blue, right? Which it wasn't the same shade of electric blue and they tweaked some things and it still looked fine. But I personally, it, it's not exact. It's not quite like the old one, old one, but then the oldest of the three that we haven't seen is the white one, which actually, I, I think the white, the, the old school white Jersey is my favorite, but I, I remember Dwight uh, dur- during the Dwight years. I can't, I can't remember if it was before or after the 09 finals. I think it was actually before the 09 finals. Cause that was like my, my first white Jersey that I had was that old school white pinstripe one. So out of the three that would come back that the league would let us bring back, I think it's the white one. Cause it's the longest we've seen it, but I, I don't know how, how that works. Like there's, I know there's stipulations where like, if you're celebrating an anniversary, like, uh, you know, like, you know, we won the championship 20 years ago or whatever, which obviously we don't celebrate that, but you know, we'd be looking at celebrating, I guess the 35th anniversary of the team, maybe something like that um, would be, would be the occasion that that would be coming up. But um, do you have any interest in seeing the stars jerseys again, a little dazzle? Here's the thing. If it, it would probably look better and it would probably not retain as much sweat as those <laughs> old ones did, because I look, I, I, I absolutely have to keep bringing this up, but like when you have like an overweight, like Sean Kemp or Patrick Ewing wearing those things, like, it, it, those things must've retained like 20 pounds of sweat. Like I'm not <laughs> exaggerating, man. Like those things ret- retained so much water. And I would just hope maybe with the new technology, it looks better, but I mean, the stars jerseys, they have pinstripes in them. So I'm good with that. Um, they're not as good as the, you know, 89 mid nineties pinstripes, but they're pretty damn good compared to the rest of the league. And the rest of the league is bringing back some pretty garbage uniforms. Like people or, you know, I, I know people love the Detroit teal jerseys. The cool thing about the Pistons uh, throwbacks is the actual logo. It's not the teal jerseys themselves because the font on the numbers is really annoying. And there's like a huge white gap between it. And I'm just I don't care for their font. I like the teal blue. I like the logo, but yeah. I don't actually like the actual jerseys. But um, I don't know. What's your thought on the star jerseys? Uh I liked them at the time. I don't, I, I mean, look, there's only one set of jerseys that are timeless classics. And that is the, the first run of the white pinstripe, black pinstripe and the later blue electric blue edition. Which of those three uh, was your favorite? Cause mine is the white, even though yeah. it's probably the least practical to wear as a fan, just cause that thing's going to get dirty easily. Right. But- I mean, I just think of Penny when I think of the white pinstripe, but what, you know, I, I, I mean, black for me, but you know, I have the electric blue authentic Jeff Turner one that I break out once every 10 years and is the length of a maxi dress on me. So it looks good though. Cause it's the original electric blue. Like it's different right. from the ones they brought back in 2017. Like the well, one, when the fabric and the material changed, but the, the actual shade of elect of blue changed. It was, it, they, they shifted it. Um, now, I think we can all agree we're, uh, what, one year away from the, basically one year away from the 20th anniversary of the uh, worst Magic jerseys of all time. <laughs> and with all of the NBA transitioning, well, not all, but we've seen a lot of very muted, uh, plain, basic jerseys coming back into the rotation 
the the magic jerseys that are the crappy last T-Mac year uh, ones, I think we can both agree that those just need to be burned forever, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that one, I equate that to just a horrific 03-04 season, but then, yeah. like, I mean, it, it, they just don't look good, man. The font's terrible. They're too plain. There's nothing redeeming about them at all. No, like, I would argue that the white is better than the blue, but that's not saying much. Um, yeah, it's... Yeah. And I can always tell, like, and I can always recall it was, it was the last year we wore the, or the last season we wore those was the first season we had Richard Lewis on the team. I, I always remember that, but um, yeah, uh, it, it, I don't want to see those ever again. That's the, uh, all right, let's go on to another merchandising topic, I guess. But uh, so Paolo Bancaro signed a shoe deal with Jordan brand. I saw this on real GM from uh, nitro and I hope it's true, but apparently Jordan brand has only signed seven players to signature shoe deals in their history. Now Paolo's contract probably doesn't have a guarantee for a signature shoe deal in it right now, but it's something to keep in mind. But the seven players are Carmelo Anthony, 2003, Chris Paul in 2006, Dwayne Wade in 09, Russell Westbrook in 2013, Zion Williamson in 2019, and then two other guys the same year as well, Luka Doncic and Jason Tatum. But, you know, I'm not a sneaker culture guy. I only care about two shoes in my lifetime, and I own both of them. And it's Giannis Didacumbo's Greek Freak line, and then Penny Hardaway's, you know, original Penny Ones, which I which I have. That That's it. I'm not a sneaker culture guy, but I just, I love those two shoes. I own them. You know, if we think about magic shoe history, like Shaq's were hideous, the Shaq Gnosis, whatever, those were just dizzying and awful to look at. Uh, I hated the front of every Tracy McGrady Adidas shoe. I just, I couldn't care for them. And then Adidas basketball shoes in general, I was just, I was never comfortable wearing them. They always like gave me blisters and stuff. Um, but I don't know. What's your thoughts on all that? I mean, Jordan brand as a whole, like they don't really come out with great NBA shoes or memorable NBA shoes as, as huge as Michael Jordan brand is and deserves to be like the Jordan brand shoes themselves aren't that memorable. So I don't know if you got any thoughts on this or if you want me to just move on to the next thing. Yeah, I think, well, for the, the Jordan brand is really just re-releasing, you know, Jordan shoes um, and introducing, I guess, new colorways too. I feel like Nike's so head and shoulders above everybody right now. Puma tried a little while ago to kind of get back into the game and uh, you don't hear much. I mean, New Balance is trying. Under Armour has Curry, but there hasn't been a lot of, you know, market share there. I just feel like Nike's head and shoulders above. You never owned a pair of T-Mac shoes. I I did not. No, I, I did those not. Those Adidas ones, I feel like ran so narrow. And then especially the T-Mac ones where it was just that thick rubber strip across the top of your toes had, I, I love T-Mac, but I had no interest in the shoes. So uh, I'm with you there. And some of those actually did look good, but uh, like, but uh, I like, I didn't care for the, for the line, for the striped like front or any of that. Like, I just didn't care for, for those, but those are probably the best shoes, but um, yeah, it's gotta be, look, the kids got to play well. Um, maybe we'll see some cool Jordan uh, Orlando magic colored shoes that might change my mind as far as how they look and whatnot. But um you know, obviously Paolo's got to play good for him to actually get a signature shoe. And, you know, that's going to take a couple of years and hopefully he'll, he'll be worthy of one. And maybe, 
he's got he'll he'll get an awesome designed one and we'll go from there but um that's all i got for that all right we're gonna talk about pro-ams uh and we're gonna talk about the paolo Dejounte murray thing now so i said it i think one or two podcasts ago but i i don't care about paolo or anyone for that matter in these programs, like they, they just don't matter. Like he dropped, I think 50 in a game, like a couple weeks ago in this game that he had a beef with, you know, a thing started up with DeJounte Murray. I think he had like 47, seven and seven, like Malachi Flynn dropped 73 points the week prior to Paolo, you know, being at that one program and, you know, that, and that 50 point program. So like if that guy's dropping 73 points, like I, I don't care. I really don't like they don't with programs. They're pro-ams. Like you get a few pro athletes and then you get a lot of amateur dudes. And there's a lot of times no defense being played. Um, now that was a little different with this Paolo DeJounte one, but look with this Isaiah Thomas Zeke tourney that, that happened over this, this, this past weekend, like DeJounte Murray decided to start some stuff with Paolo. And again, pro-ams don't matter. I'd rather see Paolo playing for the Italian national team. That's not happening, unfortunately. And, you know, maybe he'll come to regret that. Maybe it won't matter. Hopefully it doesn't matter in the long term. But uh, I thought in this game where he had the, where, where this beef started with DeJounte Murray, you know, we've seen the highlight going around. Uh, but I thought Paolo played over, you know, overall well. He's being double and triple teamed all game. You know, Ben Caro, he defended DeJounte Murray very well for the most part, um, you know. If DeJounte Murray, who is a 25-year-old all-star, is already that worried about a rookie, that's a compliment to Paolo in my in my eyes. And then, you know, again, the Magic, they face the Hawks four times in the regular season, and this is going to come up now whenever, whenever they play. Uh, but, Penny, I don't know if you saw any of the highlights of this thing. I pulled up, like, the 13-minute clip that kind of showed the whole game. But how much of this did you see? How much did you care about? I got some other stuff to follow up on with this, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, I I agree with you on, on pro-ams. There used to be, actually, before um, the downtown rec center, uh, and I guess lately it's been the the ACE school downtown. There's a, a real kind of low-grade program going on. But there used to be really good runs at the Smith Center here. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of MBA talent that makes their summer home or, you know, their full-time residence in, in Orlando. So yeah. you never know who's going to drop by from, from game to game. But on the whole... Uh, pro-ams are no different than watching uh, like an and one mixtape game. Mm -hmm. So to put any stock in that is crazy. Uh, I, I have, I guess I've liked what I've seen from Paolo in terms of his mostly restraint from furthering things. Um, all of it's crazy. And then even today I saw a new clip of DeJounte Murray where He's doing the ball tap on the guy's head on the ground. Um, and it's a poor skinny white guy who's clearly not a pro and definitely yep. an am. Um, and it just seems kind of, uh, I would say beneath him, but you know, if that's the track record of behavior, then maybe that's what he needs to, to get himself to perform <laughs> even in that setting. Yeah, look, these are two Seattle guys. They were there. I think it was this was a charity tournament. I think Isaiah Thomas's tourney is always a, a charity tournament. But like two Seattle guys, apparently, you know, they they were friends when Paolo was growing up, you know, and I mean, Seattle guys seem to stick together. I, and I 
you know, maybe Paolo was just being was so big and so physical that it pissed DeJounte Murray off. I don't know. Maybe DeJounte Murray is trying to take Patrick Beverly's throne. I, I will see on that. But I mean, look, on the Murray up fake self dunk that's floating around on social media, a few things. DeJounte clearly commits an offensive foul on Paolo's teammate by doing that kind of stiff arm shove, like full extension. And then the thing that I didn't notice initially that I then saw that I, that then got pointed out by a few Magic fans with the screenshots is DeJounte sticks his leg up to try and trip Paolo on the up fake. And I think if Paolo realizes what Murray's trying to do at that point, that escalates quickly. Like, I don't care who the fuck you are, man. I don't, I don't care if you're six foot especially when Paolo outweighs this guy by like 50, 60 pounds. Like if you're trying to take me out like that, take my ankles like out like that, like we're at least having words. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I don't know if you saw the screenshot, if you know what I'm talking about on that. Penny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, clearly he was looking for some publicity this summer. Murray yeah for sure because he's yeah he's definitely doing I guess a good job of that I don't know if it's good publicity or not but then on the actual dunk portion of that highlight itself like Paolo gets back and he probably blocks that if that's a real NBA basketball game or just a a game that actually matters and I think in hindsight if Paolo knowing what he knows now about Murray he goes back he gets back in time and swats the shit out of that out of that attempt but you know, DeJounte's, as you've kind of mentioned, DeJounte's behavior has been erratic in these pro-ams like multiple times, not even just the one highlight you saw multiple times. He's been seen bouncing balls off dudes heads, which that's not cool. I don't care if you're trying to impress like your fake crazy girlfriend courtside. I don't know, but someone is going to, you know, take a swing on him eventually if you keep this up throughout the summer. Like that's that's not cool. And, you know, one of the, the things that got pointed out, I think, by either Spurs fans or Spurs media was, you know, DeJounte's attitude might've been fine when he was first kind of entering the NBA, but he hasn't really matured and he's still kind of showing this erratic behavior as a 25 year old. And that's, I think a big reason why they didn't want to pay him and why they traded him to Atlanta. Um, And we'll see now because these Hawks games get more interesting. And look, I, I didn't need an extra incentive to dislike the Hawks more. You know, I don't like Trey young. I'm always on the record with that. Like, uh, you know, he's on that list with like Kyrie Irving and like James Harden for me. I, know, I just, I don't like, I, I don't like Trey Young. We were at the game in the arena in 2010 when we swept Atlanta. Uh, you know, other Magic fans were, were there, you know, that brought brooms and a whole bunch of signs and stuff. Like there's a lot of Magic fans at that game for, but, um, you know, the Hawks, they got us back in 2011, you know, in the playoffs there when Bianchi, Mike Bianchi wrote that idiotic bird brains column. Like I'm never going to forget that. There's a lot of magic fans that ain't going to forget that column. But uh, so now, you know, the Hawks have the starting backcourt of Murray and, and young, and they think they're going to be good again. Cause they underperformed last season, which I actually predicted that correctly. That I didn't think Atlanta was going to be good last season. And it actually came to fruition. And I have doubts about this Hawks team being good again, just because they have this backcourt now, but um, it, again, we we've already, you know, we don't need extra incentive to dislike Atlanta, uh, but it's it's going to kind of go to a new level now. But what, what are your thoughts on what I've said? If you got any new uh, new things to bring to the table on this issue, Penny? Yeah, I mean, on on the whole, I just feel like uh, it 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 reeks of immaturity from Dejounte Murray, and and to your point, somebody who 
um, has accolades already and, and maybe should be above this kind of thing. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Hawks. The, in terms of their franchise, it's interesting, right? I think every fan thinks that uh, even if you know better, you think that it's going to be a linear progression every time. Like we're in a rebuild. Now we get to the playoffs. Now we get to the first round. Now we get to the conference finals. Now we get to the finals. Now we win. And that's not how it is. They, they had, they jumped a couple of rungs, had success, and then got knocked back to reality, um, and made pretty wholesale changes to, to try and, uh, bust out of that. I'm not sold that that's going to work out great for them. Um, even when they were ascending and we have been crappy, we've had, we've pretty much had their number. Um, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this season. And I think you'll get a glimpse into Paolo's competitive, uh, uh, mindset. Uh, you know, if he's going to turn things into a one-on-one -on -one battle or take pride in getting the team victory over, over somebody that clearly has an issue with him and he might have an issue with now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the team kind of kind of handles these Hawks games now. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. And again, to emphasize kind of what you what, what you've said already, but I mean Paolo overall handled himself very well throughout like even during the game, like he could have gotten really pissed off and he he never really showed it. And he still, I mean, he performed well in that game. Um, and even on social media where there's that little back and forth between them, like he he he's fine. Like he's, he's handled himself very well for, for his age. And that's, that's a good promising sign going forward into his rookie season. Um, all right, real quick. Uh, so the magic signed hookshot master guard, uh, Xavier Simpson. And look, we don't have Rolo around anymore. So we, we needed someone to fill the hookshot role, I guess, but he's another Michigan guy. And so he covers the Iggy Brasdeka's departure. Uh, it's an exhibit Ted contract. So the, you know, he's likely going to be a Lakeland guy, but the roster now is at a max 20 for training camp. Um, any thoughts on Simpson or just go to the next thing, Penny? Uh, cute, cute little hook shot. And we'll enjoy watching him in Lakeland on occasion. All right. So like I said, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, August 9th. Uh, the Wagner brothers play basketball this weekend, uh, this week. They, they have friendlies against uh, Belgium uh, and the Netherlands. Uh, I think the Belgium game's Wednesday tomorrow for us. And then I think Netherlands is on Friday. Uh, it could be off on that, but it's, it's this week. They got two games and there should be streams for that. The final week of August is when Germany has two FIBA 2023 world cup qualifying games and those are against Sweden, Slovenia. So the Wagners will face Luka Doncic and Goran Dragic twice. Uh, you know, the second time being during when Eurobasket kicks off September 1st uh, in the group stage. So, uh, you know, with Daniel Tice joining that team, Germany's got four current NBA players on the roster, including Dennis Schroeder, which it's the second most uh, NBA players on a roster in Eurobasket behind only France. And according to official Eurobasket social media rankings. Slovenia is the favorite. Uh, you know, they've got Luka back. They've got Dragic back to defend their 2017 title. This is the first time uh, Eurobasket has switched away from the uh, every two-year format to every four years. But because of the pandemic, they everything got pushed back a year, basically. So they're defending champions, even though they won it five years ago now. Uh, you know, Doncic was a baby and Dragic was actually in his prime. And now you got Luka, who... 
seems to be in good shape. He should be the odds on, one of the odds on favorites for MVP. I think he'll actually live up to that finally. Um, and then Dragic is 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 just hanging on for as far as NBA uh, NBA life goes. You know, he's had a lot of injuries and age is kind of catching up with him. So I, I wouldn't rank Slovenia first. I think you know France should maybe be ranked first. I think Greece should be ranked higher, but. Um, you know, they rank Germany ninth, and I think that's way too low. I think they should be somewhere in that top eight. Uh, they've got a chance, I think, to make the medal round with with the team they've got. And uh, I may or may not come on and, and do random uh, Eurobasket updates because, I again, I'm really excited for what not just Franz can do, but we've seen what Moritz has done with Germany uh, last year during the uh, Tokyo Olympic qualifiers and then in the actual Tokyo Olympics. And with Franz, there's, there's a chance he could be, you know, he could be their Dirk, uh, you know, maybe not as from a points per game perspective, but just, he could be the guy and, you know, Germany hasn't won a medal since I think, uh, since, uh, since when there was silver medalists in, in Eurobasket in 2005, and they've only won one turn, a major tournament once. And that was Eurobasket in 1993. So they've, you know, th- th- this is this could be a big deal when you're hosting all of your games in your in your in your own country. Like there's there's going to be some really cool atmospheres in there the further they progress. But um, Penny, any thoughts on on, I guess, how much Eurobasket you play or how, how, how much of these games you get to watch on Because these these two friendlies are are, I think, uh, available on stream uh, both both Wednesday and Friday. I think the Wednesday one, it's a Belgium feed so i think the language they're going to be using is flemish which i've never heard i don't it's been a long time since i've heard someone speak flemish so that'd be interesting but um and then you got the fiba world cup qualifiers at the end of the month and then Eurobasket. like are you gonna slowly are you gonna dip your toe in the water here or yeah, what, the, what we the, i will say in full transparency the amount of uh euro basket that i watch will directly correlate to the quality of the streaming uh availability well so. i think with Eurobasket, it's espn plus so hey man if if i yeah. gotta give you my login i'll give you my login because i i bought it just, I, I i finally I, I caved in and just bought a year of espn plus um I, I will say it's always nice to see sometimes like bit or role nba players take on a totally different role playing for their country um and also it's nice to just see high level basketball at any time of the year so we'll definitely be checking some out but more importantly we'll be looking forward to to you dispatching your 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 pearls of wisdom and and also uh uh excited to see what kind of atmosphere you get when you get there yeah i mean that's gosh that semi-final round's gonna be it's over a month away still but uh i mean i i got the itch man i I watched greece play spain today in a friend and they were playing in athens and Giannis did a kumbo murder the guy on a on an alley-oop dunk and i'm just like all right we're i'm ready man let's let's get into this so um yeah, it's I, I'm excited. Like you said, there's going to be role guy, role players. I mean, Jeremy Soshan is going to be playing for Poland, I think, and he's he's like their only good player that they got. He's got to <laughs> he's got to carry a carry that country like Marcin Gortat did a decade ago. Like there's there's some cool things that come out of it. It's like Iggy Brasdakis has a big role for Lithuania. Like I know he's not a Magic player anymore, but like he's like the third most important guy on that team next to. Uh, DeMontis Sabonis, and I think Jonas Valanciunas is playing. Like it's, 
there's some unique stuff and it's going to be really cool. Um, all right. So next thing, uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report says that as of now, non-vaccinated NBA players without a valid medical reason will still be ineligible to play in Toronto for the 2022-2023 season. And they won't get paid either for missing, missing games there. Um, this likely is going to impact a guy like Jonathan Isaac, assuming he's still unvaccinated. Um, you know, one, I, 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 I fully support this decision from from the from the from canada and and obviously the toronto raptors are abiding by it um and look it's it's maybe jonathan isaac needs to pray that the that the magic will only play in toronto once this this season and not twice i don't know but um i any thought any thoughts on this or go on to the next topic uh, next topic, although I will say I'm looking forward to hopefully traveling to Canada this year and I will get to do so fully vaccinated. Um, of course, I can't play in an NBA game there, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, you could, but it's not likely. Um, yeah, look, we went to, gosh, when, when did we do that, that road trip that where we went as high north, as far up as Toronto? Was it 2014? I can't remember now. I think 2013, 2014, yeah. Yeah, that was the, last, that was the only time I was up in Toronto, and I liked it. I want to do it again. I want to go to Montreal, though. I haven't been there, but yeah, um, yeah that'd be that'd be cool. And Toronto's a really cool town, especially in the summer. Uh, in the winter, it's probably a nightmare <laughs> to, to fly in and fly out of and it's you know we, we saw how bad that all-star weekend weather was in the one in the one of the dunk contests aaron gordon got screwed in but um yeah it's toronto's a fun town and uh i can't wait for that nba schedule to come out because we can maybe look at road trip ideas too potentially uh for the season but uh yeah so i only had one other topic left here and that's because i've seen a lot of bad trades floating around twitter uh to miami heat fans we are not bailing you out of paying Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero. Like I'm no, that that's, we're not taking on those guys and we're not giving you anybody good in return for those guys. You, you know, the heat have been lucky over the past decade, as far as being able to somehow churn out talent from assets that you wouldn't think would be good in a trade, but they've continuously been able to do that. And it helps when you got guys like Pat Riley in the front office and Eric Spolster, who's a great coach. That's, that's always kind of overachieving. I think this might be the year Miami fall, really falls flat. I mean, I, I know I've seen a skinny Cal Lowry out there, but like, I, I just don't think that's good enough um, from that to LA Lakers fans. We are not giving up good assets to take on Russell Westbrook. I think Russell Westbrook's still a really good player. And if you put him in the right situation, I think he'll perform well. The Lakers is not a good situation for him. And sorry, you can come up with all the trade scenarios in the world. We're, we're not trading for him. I'm not taking minutes away from Fultz or Cole Anthony. I'm not doing that. Um, Brooklyn Nets fans, the few that still exist. I don't know. Maybe if they move back to New Jersey, they'll get more fans again. Um, I'm, not trading you Jonathan Isaac for Joe Harris in a pick like guys like Suggs and Isaac. I'm not trading for in a deal unless there's it's for a star in return. And then speaking of which I saw an article where the picks price for Donovan, you know, acquiring Donovan Mitchell has dropped from seven to eight first round picks down to five to six first round picks, which I still think that's one or two first too high, but at least Danny Ainge is starting to come down to earth a little bit with his expectations. Um, my Suggs, Isaac, 
Ross three first and a pick swap uh, trade offer for Mitchell and Rudy go uh, Rudy Gay offer still stands. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like the Magic are are getting involved, or maybe it's one of those things where the media just doesn't know. And if they get involved, they get involved in one fell swoop, and it's going to surprise everybody because. I think Shams from the athletic had that article where he listed like eight teams trying to trade for Mitchell and the magic weren't one of them. But uh, as far as we know, the magic do a pretty good job of keeping things secretive, but um, any thoughts on any of that stuff I said about trades or Mitchell or any of that? Um, I just, I agree with you. Well, first of all, we're just rolling with what we got anyway, but we're certainly not going to give up anyone now at a discount or take on anyone's problems. Uh, the Brooklyn stuff's been funny this week, hasn't it? Yeah, like uh, I was, I was so, I was entirely on Kevin Durant's side until that, 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 that lead, you know, the latest rumors came out where he's like, it's either me or Steve Nash or, 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 uh, or Sean Mark, you know, or Sean Mark. So it's like, it's either me or they, or you, you know, or you change the coach and the, and the GM. And I'm just like, man, you pick Steve Nash as your coach. Like, what'd Steve do to you? Like, that's your fault if you don't think he's a good coach now. Like you picked him. Like you, you really got to live with that. Um, that's the that's the one frustrating thing. Um, so would I still trade for Kevin Durant? Sure. Uh just because it's Kevin Durant and you know, would it make sense here in Orlando though? No, for a number of variety of reasons. At least with Mitchell, he's young enough and he's got a big enough contract where you can have Mitchell here, you can make a you know, six, seven, eight playoff spot. And you're going to be developing the, you know, your, your core, like Wendell, Paolo, Franz, Foltz, all of them are going to be developing. And next summer is when you can be like, all right, it's, we're, we're going to be a top three team in the East. Now um, people seem to view that differently. People push back on the whole trading for Donovan Mitchell thing. Like people just want to kind of wait it out and play, let it play out and stuff. Um, I'm worried still that we might actually try to tank. I really am. And I just, I, I, we, we can't do that. We can't go to that. Um, and that's just where I'm at for that. And I, I keep pushing back on people. I'm like, okay, if you don't want Donovan Mitchell now, who are you going to go get? You know, between now and, and free agency next year, if, you know, a trade. Uh, you know, come like the trade deadline in February or who are you going to sign in free agency? Cause I went over the, the candidates and I don't think any of them are as good as Mitchell. That's going to potentially be available. That that's where I'm at with that. Um, uh, I mean, that's it. You know, Penny. I mean, like the magic are moving into the advent health training center within the next two weeks. Uh, the NBA schedule should also come out this month and that's, that's all we got. We got a short episode. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? I'm really looking forward to the next generation's uh, public cold plunge stories where they run into magic players, but at the new incarnation of the training center, like they used to at the old RDV. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's actually going to be, that yeah. will, it will actually be pretty fun. And they've got the little countdown sign for the training center to be open to the public on I-4. So, you, you know, that that's, that's going to be exciting. And, you know, I don't wish anyone to tear anything, but if you tear something, hopefully you can uh, rehab at that facility. That's that's all I'll say. But um, I don't know. Maybe not. I don't know. Is the magic training staff in, in charge? I don't know, because maybe Look we should be worried about that. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, also, the magic keep changing staff members all around and we'll see. Uh, 
come Magic Media Day on uh, September 26th, they'll they'll release the the full staff then most likely. And uh, I'll be curious to see uh, how many new names we got in there. But uh, that's it. So we appreciate listening to another episode. Please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating. Tweet us any of your questions and feedback. Penny, what's your Twitter handle? At Spencer Strode. And I am at Papa Giorgio MBO. With that, take care. Let's go magic.